Welcome back to the Brawn Body Podcast for another episode. This one is part of our series on the best exercises by muscle group, and today we're talking about the arms. I'm really excited for this episode, not just because we have a great episode ahead, but this is the start or the first episode that we are also putting the recording on YouTube. So if you're listening on Spotify or Google or any other form, you can also go to YouTube and watch. Or if you're on YouTube, you can also find us on Spotify, Google, and all the other major podcasting platforms. All right. So make the other thing too, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Bronbody. Uh, we're also on Snapchat, WhatsApp, Facebook, and more. So as I mentioned, today we're going to go over the best exercises for your arms. So we're going to start by reviewing the anatomy of the arms, and then we're going to go into the best exercises for each muscle. So your biceps, triceps, all of that sort of thing. And then we're going to go over how to program those exercises in your workout routine in detail. So without further ado, let's dive in. So if you're watching on YouTube, obviously you'll get to see me make all kinds of gestures as I point to different things and show things. Um, so a little plug for that real quick, but going over the anatomy of the arm. So when we say arm, we often think of the humerus or the upper arm where your biceps and triceps are. But we also have the forearm, which is where your wrist joint would be, your it's between your wrist joint and your elbow joint. So your radius, ulna, and all the different muscles that attach in there. So that's what we're talking about. The front or anterior portion of your humerus would be where your biceps are. And your biceps are called your biceps because they have two heads, a short head and a long head. The short head is named the short head because its origin or where it starts is lower on the body than the long head. <clears throat> the short head is located on the middle or the inside part of your arm. So if you're looking at your left arm, the short head would be closer to your left pec or your heart. The long head is on the outside. So this is, you know, if you're on your left arm, it's on the left side. So when you flex, you should be able to see the short head on the inside or the long head on the outside. A lot of bodybuilders try and target the long head because that's what makes a biceps pose look good from behind because you're getting a strictly, you know, long head look. Below the biceps is another muscle called the brachialis and the brachialis originates on the humerus pretty low and inserts onto the ulna. So again, pretty deep muscle here below the biceps. All it does is flex the elbow. Um, I didn't go over biceps actions. The biceps, because they cross the shoulder joint and the elbow joint, do a lot. They flex the shoulder joint. So they move it up. They flex the elbow joint, which is what we would normally think of as a curl and they supinate the elbow joint. So what I mean by that is they turn your wrist from palms down to palms up. And we'll talk about that more later on. 
So we've went over the biceps, we've went over the brachialis, and there's one more major elbow flexor we're going to touch on, and that's called the brachioradialis, and that's located on the outer side of your arm, um, pretty low there, and again, outside por uh, portion. It's almost between your biceps and your triceps, and this muscle goes all the way down towards your wrist, and this one flexes the elbow, but it flexes the elbow best when your wrist is in neutral or in pronated. So in that sense, it's kind of opposite to the biceps because the biceps, because they supinate, would work best when your wrist is supinated. And again, we'll touch on that a little more uh, later on here. Looking at the posterior portion of the arm, there's a muscle way deep down here that helps extend your elbow called the anconius or anconius. We aren't really concerned about that because it's not a major muscle. So we're going to look at the triceps specifically. The triceps are named the triceps because they have three heads. So they have a long head, a lateral head, and a medial head. The long head is the only one that crosses the shoulder joint and it helps to extend the elbow behind the body. The uh, triceps as a whole extend the elbow joint like so. So this would be something that you would do with like a tricep extension exercise or a bench press, anything that you're straightening your arm for. So that's the upper arm. And again, traditionally most of these muscles originate above the shoulder and insert on our forearm bones, either the radius or the ulna, and we went over the actions of them. They're powered by the brachial plexus nerves. So you probably heard of the brachial plexus being this complex uh, battery of nerves that exists in your upper shoulder, and they supply um, nerve supply to these muscles. So for example, the biceps receive nerve supply from the musculocutaneous nerve at the C5 and C7 nerve root levels. Uh, so that just tells you what nerve and what level in your spine those nerves come from. Additionally, there's a lot of forearm muscles. So you have a ton of flexors and a ton of extensors. If I remember correctly, there's eight muscles that are somewhat responsible for wrist flexion and 11 that play into wrist extension. Um, and this is, I'm a little bit removed from the exact anatomy of all of these muscles, but in general, you have muscles that flex your wrist and muscles that extend your wrist. And we'll go over them more when we're talking about exercises. So now getting into biceps exercises. And this is something I get a lot of questions about is, what are the best exercises for my biceps? How can I get my biceps bigger or stronger? And this all makes sense because they're very aesthetic muscle when developed properly. However, most people I see train their biceps incorrectly. And this is a common mistake or trap to fall into. So when I started fitness training, I did a lot of curls for my biceps, dumbbell curls, barbell curls, easy bar curls, hammer curls, anything. I just curled all the time. 
and I did not get bigger arms, much to my dismay. So I thought, there has to be a better way. What am I missing? Well, this takes me into my first exercise. By far the best exercise I've done for my arms is chin-ups and pull-ups and their variations. So take, we'll take the chin-up because this one is ultimately more focused on the biceps. With a chin-up, you're essentially pulling and curling your full body weight to the bar. So you're pulling your full body weight through a full range of motion. And if you wanna make this more effective, you could add blood flow restriction to your chin-up. You could add weight to your chin-up and then you'd have a weighted chin-up. You could also do something else like a different variation. So you could do an L-sit chin-up. You could add time under tension. You could hold the top and just kind of hold on and hold that isometric. There's a lot of different variations you can incorporate to your chin-ups. But ultimately, this is one of the few exercises that trains the biceps in a easy-to-load, easy-to-train, train-anywhere kind of manner. So, you know, obviously all, you only need a chin-up bar or pull-up bar to do chin-ups. You don't need a whole lot of equipment or extensive uh, stuff at your house or in, in the gym. So, and they're pretty simple to do. They're hard to get the strength to do at first. But once you have the strength to do it, it's not an overly complicated exercise. Grab the bar, pull. With that, I'm gonna share a few cues. Uh, so when I do chin-ups and pull-ups, I grab the bar, and I mean I grab it. I grab the bar as hard as I possibly can. And then I hang. So I put myself in a hollow body hold position. So my feet are in front of me, and my glutes are tight, my quads are tight, holding my feet, at, or holding my legs straight, and my feet out in front of me, and my core is tight. And you can actually get a pretty good core workout from doing chin-ups this way. And then I pull through my arms and through my back until my chin gets over top of the bar. And I come all the way back down. And when I'm coming down, I make sure I activate my triceps at the bottom so I'm fully extended. So I get a nice full range of motion all the way down, all the way back up. Training through a full range of motion is important to maximize the contraction on the biceps. And again, I'm all for variety with chin-ups and pull-ups. So do chin-ups, do pull-ups, do narrow grip, do wide grip, do neutral grip, do weighted, do blood flow restriction, do band assisted, do high reps, do low reps, do it all. My favorite variations and favorite ways that I always go back to or my tried and true methods are weighted chin-ups one to two times per week and I like to do about five sets three of those sets being low rep heavy weight so I'm talking 90 pounds 100 pounds a lot of weight added but low rep so we're really loading them up and then I like to drop the weight after three sets and do two sets, three sets of eight to 12 reps. So higher rep range with weight still, but less weight, 25 to 45 pounds. And I also like to do the variations that I touched on earlier. So I like to use chin-ups as a finisher. 
So I'll end my workouts for upper body workouts with L-sit chin-up variations because I can work my core and my arms at the same time. So why not get two for one here? Um, I also like the over-under pull-up and that one's kind of different because you're going one side to the other side when you're doing your pull-ups and that still works those flexors, especially the brachialis because our wrist is in neutral and we're hanging on real tight. So that's kind of my take on chin-ups and pull-ups. And if you need more on them, I did share a blog post a while back all about how to become better at doing pull-ups. But of course, you could always reach out to us and we can hook you up with a custom fitness program that will uh, specifically be designed for you to help break through all those plateaus that are holding you back and help you accomplish and achieve all your physical fitness goals. With that said, I am hoping to roll out some of our programs for specific things such as that in the near future. We've had a few issues uh, with that on the technical side of things. The next best exercise for your biceps. So we went over chin-ups being the king or queen of biceps exercises. They're number one. Number two, and this is going to surprise a lot of people, is deadlifts and farmer walks. And again, stick with me here. So the deadlift is not a curl. It's not a chin-up. How does it work your arms? Same with the farmer's walk. You know, it's not like I'm curling anything. I'm not flexing my arm. So how is it going to work my biceps? Do me a favor. Take your hand and just squeeze your hand. Okay, squeeze it together. You probably feel a little tension build up in your forearm. You feel some muscle activation. Okay, now squeeze your hand as hard as you possibly can. I want white knuckle. Squeeze your hands. Look at all the muscles you just activated. My biceps are tight and tense right now. My shoulders are tight and tense right now. My pecs are tight and tense right now just by me squeezing my hands. So what happens is when we squeeze our hands as hard as we possibly can to grip something, we initially activate all of our forearm muscles because they are responsible for closing up our hands and making the fist. But that tension in those muscles affects all the nearby muscles. So it affects the biceps and they build tension. It affects the shoulder and the muscles of the shoulder and they build tension. And what we see is as we tense more muscles, we get stronger. When you're deadlifting or when you're doing a farmer's walk, you need to tense a lot of muscles in your body, especially your grip. There's people who are deadlifting seven, 800 pounds, no lifting straps. That's seven to 800 pounds they have to hold on to with their hands. I can tell you, they're really gripping that bar hard. And when they're doing that, they're building so much tension and strength in their forearms, in their arms. And that's going to build bigger biceps. Additionally, I mentioned before about the forearm muscles, and I said we'll get to that later. Your flexors in the forearm. So the muscles that pull your wrist closer to your body actually originate above the elbow. And they help flex your elbow. And again, even though they are your forearm muscles primarily, 
They start above your elbow. They cross the elbow joint. So they actually help to flex the elbow joint. Because of that, you train those muscles when you're training your hand grip. So they get stronger. And you'll be able to do something like a chin-up or a curl with a lot more weight because you have more strength in those muscles. So although deadlifts and farmer's walks do not directly train your biceps, they do cause increased size and strength throughout your entire arm. And I encourage you the next time you're exercising, try a set of farmer's walks. Grip whatever you're carrying, a hex bar, farmer walk bars, dumbbells, kettlebells, whatever. Grip them as hard as you possibly can and keep your arms straight and walk as long as you can. I guarantee you that grip's going to get pretty shaky. Those arms are going to get pretty shaky pretty quick. And that's a great way to add training to other areas in your body too. Uh, the deadlift obviously works virtually every muscle in your body, but the farmer's carry can easily be modified. So you can do a one-arm variation. You can do a uh, one-arm farmer walk with one-arm waiter walk or a rack position or a variety of other things. So you can get a lot of versatility in training this way. Last is finally a curl variation because I know a lot of you are waiting for some kind of curl. And this is going to be specifically incline dumbbell curls. I like dumbbells for bicep training better than barbells. Why? Dumbbells, especially on the incline bench, allow you to train through a full range of motion. And we we're just saying that's very important. So think about if I only train my biceps through 45 degrees, if I just trained them in this small little range of motion, they're not going to get that big. But when I train through a full range of motion, I'm getting strength throughout my entire muscle. I'm getting strength throughout the entire shortening cycle of the muscle. And that's good. That's going to help us get stronger and bigger muscles. So good stuff with that. So that incline position, we're sitting back, our arms are extended to start, and we curl all the way up and then go all the way back down, full 135 degrees or so of flexion. Great for the biceps in general, also trains the brachialis, and easy to modify. And this is another reason I like dumbbells. You can do a supinated position. So your wrists are up or your palms are facing up and that's going to target your biceps mostly. You can do a neutral grip position. Do an incline hammer curl and that's going to tar uh, target your brachialis more. And you could even do a dumbbell incline zotman curl, which is my favorite of these three because as we come up, we're twisting. So now we're throwing in that pronation to supination component of the biceps. And that will increase our bicep activation and increase bicep size, which is what we're after. So great variation there. And that's going to take me back to one thing I missed with the chin-ups and pull-ups. When you're doing chin-ups, chin-up bars and pull-up bars are great. Not everyone has one. So what else can you use? And especially now with COVID 
and a big shortage on gym equipment, you can try and see if you can get some gymnastic rings. Um, I think I saw some online the other day, they were like 30 or 35 bucks new, and you can just hang them from your ceiling. Gymnastic rings allow you to freely work each arm, and they allow you to rotate. So what I like to do is perform my chin-ups with supination all the way up. So I'm turning my wrists as I'm pulling up. And that really increases your biceps activation significantly. And it makes sense. You're training your biceps with every action that they're supposed to do. So naturally, they're going to contract harder and produce better results. Those exercises in general will lead to solid development of your biceps for most people. If you're not seeing results, then it might be because of your genetic or other predispositions of muscle type or something similar. So some people are what we call hard gainers and they have issues getting muscle to come on in certain areas of their body. In that case, we apply what's known as the priority principle. So if the biceps are slow to train or we wanna train the biceps most, then we do them first. We hit them before we do anything else. We hit them while they're fresh and while we're still energized. Also, while we're talking exercise and biceps, for the curls, I like to do three to four sets towards the end of a workout, eight to 12 reps. Sometimes I'll dabble a little higher in that 12 to 15 rep range. Deadlifts and farmer walks, I like to do early on. I'll do farmer walks as a finisher sometimes just to kind of smoke everything. Uh, I like variations of them, but I usually do three to five sets, three to six sets of deadlifts sometimes, and I keep it low rep. For the farmer's carries, I'll do some 20 to 30 yard distance. All right, so that about wraps up the biceps. And talking about the forearms briefly, if you're deadlifting and you're doing farmer walks and you're doing weighted chin-ups and weighted pull-ups and you're gripping the bar actively, just like we talked about, you're probably going to have well-developed forearms without doing anything else. However, if you did want to do more for your forearms, the forearm roller or wrist roller, wrist developer, I like that. I load it up heavy and I do one, maybe two rolls for the whole length um, at the end of my upper body workouts. So two to three times a week max. And again, that's not anything extreme here. It's just something simple, just rolling. And that works very well for me. But for the most part, I get what I'm after by really actively gripping and squeezing the bar. So now that we've taken care of biceps and touched on forearms, going into the triceps now. And if you really want to add size to your arms, start with the triceps. I know everyone likes to start with the biceps, but think about the triceps. Three muscles. Biceps. Two muscles. So we're training more muscles, and in general, they're bigger. So we'll take the long head of the triceps, for example. This is a big muscle. It makes up, I think it's 30 to 40% of your arm. One muscle makes up up to 40% of your upper arm. That's crazy. That's big. 
So obviously we want to train these and we want to train these well, hit them hard. How are we going to do that? First, bench press. Bench press and bench press variations are a great way to build your triceps. Specifically, we're looking at more of the closer grip variations. The wider you go, the more chest and shoulder you're going to hit. The more narrow you go, the more tricep you're going to hit. So go with the narrow grip if you can. And I like three to four sets, six to 10 reps. Sometimes I'll like to go with the lower rep range and do the six reps. Some days I go for the higher reps, like 10. And while we're talking reps for the bench press here, you don't always have to do an even number. You don't always have to do, you know, three sets of 10 reps or three sets of eight reps when you're doing these exercises. You could do seven reps or nine reps. You could do 10, nine, eight. You could do eight, nine, 10. Uh, we'll talk more about exercise program programming and selection in another future podcast. We've got a lot of podcasts coming over the next year. A uh, lot to talk about. So a lot of good stuff. But bench press, it's a compound exercise, and it really allows you to load those triceps heavy, and you're gripping the bar. And if you're doing your bench press right, you're driving your feet into the floor, you're squeezing your glutes, you're contracting your core, and you're pulling back with your shoulders, you're pulling the bar back into the bench, and you're actively gripping, you've got death grip on that thing the whole time. That's a lot of tension, a lot of muscles active, a lot of moving parts, but if you do it right, you can develop some serious size and strength very fast. So highly recommend the bench press. Second, dips and push-ups. And a lot of people like these because they're pretty versatile. You can do push-ups anywhere. You don't need any fancy equipment or anything. There's a lot of different variations for push-ups, and there's even some variations for dips. You can do weighted or non-weighted. You can do band-assisted, or you can do band-resisted. You can do a ring dip. You could do a straight bar dip or parallel dip. So there's variety here. And even with the uh, biceps, you can work in isometric holds with your dips. You could do an L-sit dip hold. You could do variety of different things and add tension. You can train them slow. You can train them fast. You could, with your push-ups, you could do diamond. You could do narrow grip. You could do wide grip. You could do a body up. You could do even, I'll say, a rolling plank would compete with the push-up for triceps activation. And these are great exercises. You can do them throughout your day, whatever. So as far as tricep training with dips and push-ups, my favorite variations would be, of course, the diamond push-up, classic, narrow grip in nature. However, I'm also a fan of, again, training through such a full range and length that I'd like to do some hand-elevated push-ups. So that could be a TRX push-up or just hands-on parallel push-up and do a full range of motion push-up. I mean, chest should go to the floor and then push right back up. You'll really feel that in the triceps. I also like to add blood flow restriction to my push-ups. And uh, with dips, I like to do heavy weighted dips. I really like to load it up and really push with those. And as far as programming those, for dips, I don't do these often. They're kind of like my plateau uh, breaker. If I'm stuck in my chest, shoulder, or tricep training, 
I add in three sets to five sets of about five reps usually of heavy weighted dips. I load these up. They're a great way to train your triceps, especially in a closed kinetic chain exercise heavy. And same with the push-ups. If you can do 100 push-ups without breaking a sweat, load them up. Put a plate on your back. Use some band resistance. Start changing it up and challenging yourself in different ways. For push-ups, in my exercises, there or in my workouts, they're almost always a finisher. They work your core too, so I like them towards the end. And I do usually about three to four sets, usually higher rep, 12 to 15 rep. And again, I make them challenging. I find ways to challenge myself, either add weight, add a band, slow down, speed up, something. But I think push-ups hold their main power when you do them throughout your day. What I mean by that is how often, depending on where you work, are you sitting down? How often do you say, you know, I could really use a 30-second break right now. Take that 30-second break and do push-ups. Do 10 to 15 reps. Set a challenge for yourself. Do 15 reps of push-ups every hour for your work day. Say you work a 10-hour day. You've just done 150 extra push-ups during your day. That's 150 more reps. Odds are your arms are going to get bigger because you just put a whole lot more stimulus for growth onto them. So I highly recommend giving that a try. Next, we're going back to the dumbbells here. We're going with the dumbbell skull crusher. And this exercise for your triceps really targets the long head. I like it best on a decline bench because now we're stretching the shoulder a little bit and now we're lowering and then coming back up. So we're getting shoulder extension and elbow extension. You can even throw a little wrist rotation in there when you're doing those if you'd like. But ultimately, you're looking at a ton of activation on the long head of the triceps. Again, we said this is a very important muscle, both for functional purposes, but also for aesthetics. As far as programming this, you can go slow. I don't like to go fast with these. I like a lot of time under tension. I like to go light with the weight, and I like to add BFR bands. So these are ones that I'll do four or five sets of 10 to 12 reps. And I'll do them slow. I mean, one set's going to take me a minute, maybe a minute and a half. And I've got the BFR bands on. I'm using 20-ish pound dumbbells. Again, nothing heavy. But those BFR bands really help to increase the tension and that decline bench even. If you're doing it right and you're tensing all of your muscles at the same time and your death grip on those dumbbells, you're really going to feel that one. Last, we're going to a cable column and we're going with the rope pushdown. This is one that I like for the lateral and medial heads of the triceps specifically. And the reason I like this one is it's easy to accumulate volume. So what I like to do is do an insane amount of reps and really pump up the triceps with the rope pushdowns. So the key is to making sure you have good form and good tension and all throughout the uh, exercise. But what I'll do is I'll set the weight at say 80 pounds or 90 pounds. I'll 
do 8 to 10 reps, and then I'll drop it down to 80, and then to 70, and 60, and 50, and I'll go all the way down. So you could call that running the rack for cable, tricep, rope pushdowns. But if you're really crazy, you'll then go back up right afterwards and start from the lowest weight and go all the way back up to the highest weight or until you can't do it anymore, either way. But, you know, I'll do two to three sets of that. And in those sets, I've accumulated a few hundred reps on my triceps. And naturally, that's going to help them grow. That's going to promote blood flow, a pump, all of the things we want to swell up the muscle. And while there's some people who are going to listen to this and kind of argue with me a bit and say, okay, but we want to make sure we're using enough load to build the arm, right? And here's where muscle building gets complicated. We do need a good load, but we need to make sure that load is, is uh, converted into tension. Muscles speak in units of tension and force. So if we're doing, say, 100 reps in a set, and we've done 90, 80, 70, 60, 50, 40, 30, that's a lot of weight that we just moved over a lot of reps, like I said. So we're accumulating a lot of time under tension doing that, and we're accumulating a lot of force generation with our arms over and over and over again. And there is something to be said about growth with the cellular swelling. Again, blood flow restriction, really good for muscle growth, works via cell swelling. So getting a pump must have something to do with gaining muscle. Um, the other thing I like to do is I'll pick two numbers. So we'll say I pick uh, 20 and 50. And I'll do 20 reps of tricep push down at one weight. And then I'll cut the weight in half. So say I had 60 pounds, I did 20 reps, and now I go down to 30 pounds. Now I'm going to do 50 reps. And then afterwards, I'm going to go back up to the weight I started with and do 20 reps. So it's like a 20, 50, 20 kind of approach to the set. And these are things that you only do one or two sets of, maybe three, if it's a light day and you haven't really done anything else. But these are not things that you're going to do five, six sets of, and you're not going to do these every other day. This is like a two to three sets max per week kind of approach to training. Um, so those are my top exercises and tra training tips for the biceps and the triceps. Now, talking about more advanced exercise programming here. How do I put these in my training? I know we kind of went over some of that already, but a lot of things people like to do is pair biceps and triceps exercises, which is a great idea. Supersets. So do one, then do the next. So I wanted to talk about that a little bit. I like to pull before I push. So buy, then try, in other words. Um, so what I'll do is I'll do a chin up or a curl variation or something similar. And then I'll wait 30 to 45 seconds and then go and do my tricep exercise. Now, going into that a little deeper, I mentioned I wait 30 to 45 seconds. So if you're in for endurance and you want to go from one exercise right to the next, that's perfectly fine. 
However, if you want more strength and size gains, it helps to take 30 seconds, not a long time, 30, 45 seconds, let your muscles recover, let them flush out some of the waste products and bring in some of the new nutrients and then go to your next exercise. So you feel a little bit fresher in the superset and everything feels a little better when you're doing it and you're not so exhausted and gassed trying to push through it. So adjust that little mini rest period between supersets. Um, again, as far as sets and reps go, three to four sets and usually that mid-tier rep range is kind of my sweet spot, if you will, for most arm training. I really like to get a good grip and really tense everything when I'm training arms and, like I said, pulling before we push. So I think that is all we have. So as always, show notes will be posted over at our website, brawnbodytraining.com. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to our podcast episode today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you found this valuable, please like, share, subscribe, um, tell different friends that you think could benefit from hearing this information about us and what we're doing. And thank you, as always, for your endless support of Broad Body and the movement that we've started in the fitness industry. So continue to stay tuned for more awesome stuff. And pretty soon we'll be posting podcast podcast episodes. Sorry, I misspoke there on chest and back training. So stay tuned for those. They're going to be good ones and you definitely do not want to miss them. All right. Thank you again. Have a great rest of your weekend.